Welcome back into one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show on 90.7 FM. Right now we're joined by sculptor Mark Mellon, who sculpted in particular the handshake for the century. You can see it in awesome Zoom backgrounds. Apologies for you guys listening out on the radio that you're missing out on that. Um, but Mark, thank you first off just so much for taking the time with us today. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. This is a, uh, a magic moment in public sculpture in America. Uh, we're uh, we're, we're swapping out a lot of work, uh, importantly. Uh, things are coming down, which should never have been put up. Uh, uh, things that were meant to uh, uh, put uh, fear in the hearts of, uh, of, of Americans who uh, just happen to be born black. And, uh, and uh, we're at a, at a point where cities around the country, um, uh, large and small, are thinking about how we can better uh, reference our diversity in our public art. So we're dusting off heroes from yesteryear who were never properly acknowledged, including uh, many, many, many women. And, uh, and otherwise, uh, looking at moments uh, such as this magic moment between Jackie Robinson and George Shuba that reflect the diversity of our nation and, uh, and embrace uh, a, a, a future where uh, where America uh, shows more tolerance and a better understanding of what equality really means. Yeah, and I think you did a really nice job of you know bringing that up because that's what I wanted to start with in particular, the handshake for the century and the significance of it with Jackie Robinson and George Shuba because I'm a pretty big baseball fan, but I really wasn't aware of this, honestly, before you know I got introduced to you. So do you want to kind of just start off with going into maybe the historical significance of that? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I was not aware of this particular moment either. Uh, a, a lot of people who are in the know, you know, uh, 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 recognized this moment. And there are books about uh, the, the preseason uh, going into this moment in, in baseball and civil rights history. Uh, but uh, now more people are going to know about it. And that's a good thing. It was over 75 years ago. Uh, It's important to understand that we had just come out of World War II and uh, where we had black troops and white troops uh, in segregated units. Uh, In 1946, at the time of this handshake, uh, uh, our American armed forces were yet formally integrated. It's crazy to think that, but uh, it wasn't until a year later that uh, that change happened. Uh, uh, when, when, there, uh, when this moment happened in Jersey City, New Jersey, with 25,000 people in the stands uh, uh, cheering Jackie on, uh, it was an integrated, fully integrated crowd. That in and of itself was novel for 1946 and, and would have been uh, a completely historic in the Deep South. Uh, and uh, so if, you, if you think of that, Jack, Jackie Robinson, when he wrote his biography, he talked about feeling that he had the weight of his race on his shoulders, that, uh, that he knew that if he succeeded in baseball, that it would open up opportunities for all Black Americans in sport, but beyond sport, uh, on the factory floor, uh, in white collar uh, jobs, and ultimately uh, in the boardroom. And Jackie uh, 
uh, you, you're uh, too, too uh, young to know, but uh, uh, he was famously uh, a mem- uh, a, uh, on the board of uh, Chock Full of Nuts Coffee. Uh, when when that was a big big coffee brand and uh, and uh, he was on other boards as well he really changed the profile of uh, of who would be considered for uh, the jobs that make up corporate America it wasn't just sports and it was very important that uh, that uh, his people be considered uh, uh, to be at least considered for employment uh, across the board, and uh, why not? I love so much of what you said there about the impact of this statue and this moment on not just baseball, but about the world as a whole. And so much of your statues and, and your work kind of focuses, as you mentioned at the beginning, about you know the humanity of it and kind of the impact that your statues can have. So with all of that in mind, what made this project one in particular that you wanted to pursue and that you, you signed on for? Well, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm doing what I do. I'm, I'm a little older than perhaps I look but I'm doing this for 45 years now. And uh, when, I, uh, when I started out, way at, you know, back, back, in the, uh, uh, back in the mid-70s, uh, I always thought, you know, there's, there's going to be moments, there's going to be projects that are special, and I'd like to have the skill set uh, to be considered. Uh, so... Uh, uh, while early on in my career, uh, first off, I, I, I got some real good traction in sports. Uh, I had an exhibit at the 84 Olympic Games in Los Angeles, uh, just my sports work. Uh, I was soon after hired by the NBA to do the, uh, uh, the, the NBA MVP trophy, the Maurice Podoloff trophy. And... Uh, uh, but, and, but as much as I love sports, I wanted to make sure that I had the skill set to do, uh, to do uh, portrait busts and public statues. And so I worked at that as well. Uh, I also love dance and I uh, worked with dancers. Uh, uh, you know, and this is a piece that where you know, athletes uh, uh, at their best are often dancers. They're, they have the, the same sense of of, uh, of movement and they the, and what they the emotional content of dance and sports uh, is is very is very similar. Uh, so uh, uh, I pursued all those things, uh, and then when when it was time to find the sculptor for this particular project, they needed someone who could make these portraits authentic uh, of Jackie Robinson and George Shuba. Uh, circa 1946, uh, to capture the movement, the complex movement of the two figures, uh, and, uh, and to someone who also had the experience doing public artwork, and uh, which I, I, I have that as well. I have works uh, that are of this scale and bigger from uh, New Orleans to uh, U- uh, University of Rochester, uh, uh, right by the Great Lakes. I mean, I'm... Uh, uh, I really have uh, uh, a good deal of public uh, work out there. And uh, so from that point of view, just my skill set, uh, it was exciting. But if you look at with a little bit more depth at what I've done, uh, I did a bust of uh, that I called Becoming Muhammad Ali. 
uh, back around uh, the year 2000. And uh, I, I associate him with the uh, end of colonialism, uh, that uh, this is uh, Amama Ali more than any other person on this planet is probably better known. His name is better known than anybody. Doesn't matter where you live. And it's because uh, he fought for uh, uh, not just the right to, uh, to box, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he for, for a period of time, because he objected to our war in Vietnam, uh, uh, he, uh, he was banned from boxing in America for a period of time. And uh, uh, so he really became a civil rights icon as well and globally beloved eventually over time. He became, uh, uh, when, when, when Muhammad Ali passed away, uh, and I, I, I got this from from some of the uh, one of the white board members at the Ali Museum in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, 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 this guy said to me, you know, I know my neighbors well and I know their history. And I know that not everyone had good things to say about Muhammad Ali in the early years, but they grew to love and respect him. And uh, and what I saw when the, when the hearse traveled through the streets of Louisville, neighbors who had uh, been less than uh, equality driven, uh, uh, people who did not have a strong sense of social justice years before were there standing uh, and paying respect. Uh, and that's the power of uh, when a great athlete uh, uh, can, can speak to our times uh, and speak to uh, a, a better nation. Uh, the reality is that we're, uh, our, whatever your background, at some point, at some point, uh, your ancestors, most of us, were, uh, were newcomers. And, and the newcomers in general were not well welcomed. I mean, they really, they, they had to pay their dues. Um, uh, it's, a, it, it's just a different deal um, when you think of ancestors being brought over on a slave trip, uh, on a, a slave ship. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a different deal. And uh, what was important for me in this project was to better understand uh, the black experience before Jackie Robinson. And uh, I can uh, advise you all to go, uh, uh, go to Ken Burns's work in baseball, but beyond that to Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s work, uh, the, the great PBS documentaries that he's produced. Uh, you, you go through as I did uh, uh, carefully, the history of reconstruction uh, you know, there were black baseball players playing uh, in what was considered the major leagues in the 1880s. And then hard stop. Uh, there was a gentleman's agreement. Uh, we're not going to we're going to not going to let these guys play professional ball anymore. Not with us. And uh, that was uh, you know, reconstruction from the uh, uh, the uh, 80s on. 1880s. Uh, uh, there's there's a connection from pre-Civil War 
and how black Americans were treated, especially uh, in the South, but not only in the South. There was a lot of toxic racism in the North and the West as well. Um, uh, their experience uh, is, um, is, is, uh, is different than other immigrants, different than other immigrants. Uh, uh, you know, Barack Obama was, uh, was a whole nother uh, revelation uh, that uh, uh, to, to have a, uh, our first black president is something uh, you could not possibly conceive of uh, back in 1946 when Jackie Robinson, uh, all he was hoping for was the right to play professional baseball as a black man. Uh, we made extraordinary strides, extraordinary strides, uh, but we've got, uh, we've got a long way to go. And I'm not just talking about how we accept uh, people of uh, uh, other colors. Uh, it's about other religions. It's about other uh, ethnicities. Uh, it's uh, if uh, anyone who accepts the American way of life and understands the, uh, our democratic system should be welcome. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if, you can, if you can go that far to, uh, to embrace uh, our constitution, this is in the news every day. Uh, it's, uh, we're, we're looking at it in real time during the hearings this week. Uh, and uh, it's as timely as ever. It's more timely than ever because sadly, a good percentage of our population uh, is, uh, is willing to abandon the basic uh, checks and balances of our democracy. And that is terribly dangerous for the future of uh, anyone in America who's a, a minority of any kind, of any kind. Uh, so, uh, uh, here we have a, one of many statues that are being planned around the country that will better embrace the idea that America is still the, uh, that the, that the, uh, the land of opportunity, that America still has that uh, torch that the Statue of Liberty raises high. Uh, I mean, we're, we're at the time where we're trying to shine up that torch. And, uh, and those who, uh, uh, who are actively doing it uh, get a special sense of self-accomplishment uh, uh, because we're, we're doing it for our children and for our grandchildren. Uh, knowing that uh, uh, if, you, if you have a more welcoming world, we're more welcoming America. Uh, we can again be that beacon to the rest of the planet. We're only 4%. This is crazy. We're only 4% of the population of the world. It's hard to fathom that since our economy is still something like 30% of the, of the world's economy. Uh, but we're only 4% of the world. Uh, we have, uh, we fight way above our weight. Uh, we, uh, our influence is way above our numbers. And uh, when America speaks and does the right thing, we send messages to countries 
uh, around the globe and to leaders in every country around the globe. And we can send toxic messages or we can uh, send messages uh, that, uh, that there's a better way uh, that if you embrace democracy and the rights of minorities within your populations, then, uh, then uh, it doesn't have to be a caste system. Uh, 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 with, and this is, this is not just um, uh, the uh, American history. Uh, there are tiers of the way people are treated uh, uh, globally uh, in countries where you wouldn't even imagine it. And the tribalism that exists, not just between nations, but within nations, uh, continues to be uh, a challenge to the future of our planet. Uh, if we can send messaging out as a, as a stronger, more welcoming America, that there's a better way, uh, we help in ways that it's hard to even conceive. We, we, we help in obvious ways, but we, we, uh, we help people think differently about what their future can be. And uh, that's, that's in every way a good thing. Yeah, I think you just did a really good job of kind of talking about how there's a lot more that goes into your sculptures than just the physical things. You need to have a great understanding of the background and everything. So I, I really appreciate there. And just one last question, just while we go full circle here, you know, because you've obviously been in the industry for a long time, as you talked about, you've accomplished so much. Where does this rank as maybe an accomplishment or project for you overall for everything you've done? Uh, you just made me a little teary-eyed. I'm uh, this. This is uh, this was the grand slam home run, and uh, and it was in the ninth inning uh, uh, when and we were down. It's uh, it it really feels uh, it, and it was walk off. You know, it was <laughs> it, it it's uh, it feels like uh, uh, like the kind of thing you dream about when you're just starting out. Uh, but I want to emphasize, as a kid, first learning these skills, I did get a good liberal arts education first, uh, but um, a lot of history, a lot of philosophy, and that helped a lot in my understanding of the world. Uh, but, uh, but that understanding that as an individual, you can make a difference uh, is something I'd like to uh, emphasize uh, today as I as I speak to two uh, uh, college students uh, on their way to their lives and careers uh, and to your broad audience. Uh, it's, um, uh, you, you need to rethink, if you haven't yet, uh, uh, what the possibilities are broadly. Uh, and remember, it's not a race uh, that you can uh, uh, if you can change your mind about uh, about career paths and what have you, uh, uh, it, if you find something that you're good at, and I found sculpture, I was amazed that my hands uh, did what I wanted them to when I started doing art. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, what's what's wonderful about art is that you can really address any and all of your interests. Uh, but whatever it is that you choose, I play with clay and I can make statements that have global significance. Um, 
so whatever your career path is, think about what you can do. And think about what you can do if you have the audience. I don't, I, don't, I mean, the, uh, I, when I say the audience, it could be in the business world, it could be on radio, it could be anything. But uh, uh, if you're coherent in your thinking and comfortable in your presentation uh, and, uh, and have something to add to our global discourse, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's in some ways more fun to think of yourself as a leader than a follower. Uh, so uh, I, I urge you all to figure out how to, how to lead. That's really well said. And then the last question I wanted to ask you is I'm curious is when you think about this sculpture and you think about the sculpting media in general, what do you think it can do that just a photo or just knowing the history cannot? Uh, you know, the, when you approach public sculpture, uh, it, there's an, an immediacy to it. Uh, there's, there's a reason that, uh, you know, going back to the, uh, to the Greeks and Romans uh, and to uh, the, uh, the great religions uh, born around the globe, that, uh, that most religions created uh, images to worship. They, they created um, whether it's the Catholic Church uh, and uh, or the, uh, uh, the the great Buddhist uh, sculptures that uh, uh, that were uh, uh, that were created, uh, uh, the, the there's there's a there's a history across the board of uh, of uh, of images that uh, that uh, uh, that help us think of uh, what our values are. That refer to our values. Uh, uh, they can be used for different purposes, though. So when the when the toxic work of the 1920s went up, uh, honoring uh, Confederate leaders uh, and being put up in cities and towns that uh, uh, that were diverse but not welcoming to to the other. Uh, uh, they were put up for the wrong reasons, and uh, we have the uh, uh, we have the continued opportunity to uh, to put up public sculpture that speaks to contemporary values of acceptance, of uh, equality, uh, of diversity, uh, and uh, this sculpture speaks to all those things in a just a very basic way. Um, uh, a number of sculptures just in the last year have, have uh, honored the uh, suffragette movement. Uh, the, uh, you know, nine, uh, 100 years ago, uh, women could not vote in America. Uh, and you think about that, that's also a little crazy, isn't it? It's um, uh, the right to vote is, uh, is something that uh, we, we need to cherish and respect and fight to maintain. Uh, and it's 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 uh, under attack in many states across the country. Um, uh, I just uh, uh, th there's not a, an issue of import that public sculpture cannot speak to. That's really the point, and that art cannot speak to. And uh, I'm uh, another level of proud that uh, that I created this piece of public art. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next and the next. Uh, 
I'm working on a bust now of Greta, uh, Greta Thunberg. Uh, uh, I mean, she's all 17 or 18, uh, but I think she's just an extraordinary presence in our uh, fight to recognize and react to the global warming going on. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know where the bust is going to go, but I do know that I'll display it. And if it inspires one person, then that's great. You know, one person who becomes a leader in, in the fight, uh, you know, we, and, and you know, we, when you look about what's happening to our planet, uh, Greta, who, uh, who uh, she publicly acknowledges that she's autistic and she has her own issues. I think the, the purity with which he, she approaches uh, global warming uh, is part of the uh, fascination that I have, the appeal. Uh, she's just, she thinks we are out of our minds for th that our leaders are out of their minds for not doing more. And she's absolutely right. She opened my eyes to a, a, another level. Uh, and uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I have other, other projects that I'm working on currently. This guy uh, uh, named Raphael Lemkin back in the 19, uh, well, 1918, World War One, he goes to his law professor uh, in, in what was then Pol uh, part of Poland. And he says, what, what's, what's the deal with, with countries killing populations within their borders? Uh, what's the global uh, legalese behind it? You know, what's illegal about it? And his professor says, well, nothing. He spent the rest of his life uh, working on uh, the concept of uh, genocide. He created the word genocide. There was no word for it. And, uh, and it took him his, uh, virtually his entire life till 1949 to convince the United Nations that to accept the genocide conventions. I'm working on his bust now as well. I don't know where it's gonna go, but it, it needs to go somewhere along with the story that as an individual, uh, you can make a difference. The way Greta is making a difference and will be, for, I, I believe, for the rest of her life, um, the way he did, the way Elie Wiesel, who I've done busts of, uh, uh, made a difference in our understanding of, uh, of war and peace and tolerance. Uh, the, uh, uh, and the need that we be vigilant because we have to be on guard against the next crazy, uh, the guy who wants to grab the military tools of his country and wreak havoc. Uh, these are important issues that are ongoing. They don't go away. They don't go away. And uh, it's part of the yin and yang of our world. It's a, I had a great patron who used to tell me, Mark, it's a, it's a beautiful world and it's a horrible world. And uh, it will and always be those two things. And it's for us to, uh, who, who are paying attention to that, uh, to try to make it more beautiful and to uh, 
and to try to tamp down the horror. Uh, and we're doing it successfully globally, uh, but not what we could do, not what we could do. You know, we, can, we can make it even better. Right. And so we will be sure to make sure to look out for more of your work. There's some of the stuff you're talking about. It seems really interesting. Uh, Mark Mellon, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We really do appreciate it. We will be right back with more of one-on-one on 90.7 FM. Thank you so much.